Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Hey, listeners, welcome back to the podcast. Today, Misty and I are here chatting about stressful times with those you love. Hi, Misty. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. How are you? Well, I'm actually in, I'd say on the tail end of the stressful times with those you love. We're wrapping up a very stressful uh, season. And um, so when you were like, do you want to talk about this? I'm like, "Mm, that's pretty relevant (laughs) for me. I think we can. Um, What about you? Do you have any stress amongst the house or the people you love right now? We are in a really good place right now. This is our busy season. However, I will say fall is always the busiest for our family, um, school and sports. And then we have like my son's birthday. We have Halloween. We have our anniversary all in the course of like seven days. Yeah. Um, so this is, and then, you know, life fall yeah. is just so busy for us way more than spring. So we're in the juggle right now. Like I have to be three places at 6 PM tonight, for example. Perfect. Perfect. Oh. Going to splice yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Head go here, body go here. Exactly. Oh man. But this season we're handling it um, pretty well for this moment. But of course I definitely have some thoughts on how we've handled stressful times with each other um, in the past, because it always hasn't always been mm, acting from my highest, we'll say. Yeah. Well, and that's your mindfulness practice. I was, when I was thinking about this, I was like, I think the stressful times with the people I love is my number one mindfulness practice that I work on every day. And that goes with my kids. That goes with my husband, my mom, (laughs) my grandparents, like the whole nine yards. Um, And I feel like my mindfulness practice has intercepted my reactive, my reactivity time. And so what I used to respond to any of those people very quickly, I'm now much more aware of the fact that I don't have to respond immediately and I can take a moment to kind of process it, especially when something's flying at me that I don't want to hear. Like, you know, someone's done something they shouldn't or someone's in trouble, blah, blah, blah. Um, So for me, probably the number one reason I practice mindfulness is to make sure that I show up, like you said, as my highest self for those that I love, Mm -hmm. which is also very challenging. (laughs) Yeah, it is challenging. I'm with you. It's really the whole reason why I practice too, because if not like, you know, what are we doing here? If we're, if we're one version of ourselves during our practice, and then we're a different version of ourselves with our family, you know, it's like, I always think about how can I bring those two sides um, more into one place? And that's always the work, right? Yeah. I feel like whenever people think about mindfulness or they think about me, they think that I'm not like, I'm just, my child does something and I'm like, um, that is not the case, people. I react just like all of you. However, there is this little like thing in my brain that says, 
take a breath. Don't react, you know, and it's there and it's much more present and as a, as an alarm bell now after doing the work and sitting with myself and figuring out my triggers. I think a lot of work for me has been figuring out what triggers me so that I can then tell the people that I love, Hey guys, whenever I'm cooking and I'm deep in cooking mode. So you see me looking at a recipe. I'm like, yeah, I'm always like scrunching my face, trying to read it and like deep in cooking. And then one kid comes up on this side of me and is asking me for something. And this kid comes up on the other side. And then I hear the dog barking. I'm, I'm overloaded. I'm not necessarily mad at anyone. I'm just overloaded and it will come off as being mad. And it took me forever to figure that out. But once I did, now I verbalize it. It's the first thing I say, guys, I'm getting overloaded. Mommy's cooking. I need a bit. And then everyone kind of knows that's like the warning. And it was my mindfulness practice saying, you need to say this out loud, not in a mean way, but a direct way to let them know like, hey, things are going to get hairy if we don't all disperse and mom's overloaded and she's not mad at you. And I feel like that simple mindfulness practice is really, really helping our family in general. And I think naming it and getting it out there is helping my kids to also name it when it's happening to them. So, which helps everybody. Cause like, Mm -hmm. if you're feeling a certain way, but I think it's anger, well, it may be you're hurt about something, you know, but it's coming off as anger. Um, And so again, it goes back to if you're popping off at the ones you love in stressful times or even regular life, a mindfulness practice can get you to a place where you may not not yell because I still yell sometimes because I'm human, but you may get to a place where that little alarm bell goes off and tells you to like, let people know what's going on. Take a step back, take a breath, whatever it is. I did pop off yesterday at the lady at the DMV. So I guess I was stressed out. <laughs> So it's real hard not to pop off there. I, so I'm, I'm going to give you a pass. I did, you know, I did notice that I did it. And so I won't go into the whole story, but she was pretty much, um, following me around, like kind of directing me to get in line and do this and that. And then I get to the screen where you check in and it's clear what the instructions are. Like we had an appointment. It was very obvious what the instructions are. And she starts reading me how to check in. And I stopped and I looked at her. I was like, I can read. (laughs) And we were there, you know, the DMV just enter and it's a stressful place. Yes. And I looked at my son, we sat down. I was like, was that rude? He goes, yes, mom, that was rude. I was like, okay. I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I embarrassed you. I'm sorry to that lady. I didn't go talk to her, but I just said, sorry, lady. And then I took a breath, you know, but yeah. um, But you're human and you recognized it. Mm-hmm. And you showed your son that, hey, mom's human. We pop off. I mean, we are. We're going to make mistakes and that's okay. But I think recognizing it and owning it and saying you're sorry like you did is the best thing you can do. That's all you can do, you know. Yeah. And then I had to deal with the second arrow of, oh my gosh, she's in this job of public service. The DMV <laughs> is the most stressful place because nobody has their documents. Everybody's in a bad mood. And then I went into like, oh, I just made her day worse. And so I had to work with my own um, yeah. judgment of myself about it because that was the worst part. <laughs> well, and it's a good example of what can happen at home. If one person pops off like that, it sends like this trickle and then you get in your brain and you're in a bad place and you know, you've caused it. Um, 
you know, we've, we've been having um, kitchen renovation. And let me tell you, renovate your kitchen and you, then you will find out all kinds of things about how everybody manages stress because we haven't had countertops in two weeks. And so like when I'm cooking, I have to like put a towel down in the drawer <laughs> and then like chop my vegetables on a cutting board inside the drawer. It's ridiculous. Um, but when we first moved here, I, you know, my husband was, I think, acclimating to a slower lifestyle. I dropped in really quickly to like a small town just because I think that's where I come from. And so it felt very natural to me. It was a little less natural for him. He'd always had like Target around and Taco Bell and things like that. And that's not here. And it's just a slower pace. And what I noticed was when things were going to happen with the construction and they didn't, because that's what happens, he would get really disappointed and upset and let down and this is blah. And then that would bleed into him being upset with the kids. And then I'm grumpy and now everybody's grumpy. And it was just this stressful time. And then slowly I kind of would continue to tell him, you know, we knew when we moved here that life would be different. It would be have its challenges. This is one of the challenges, getting materials here, getting things set up. People don't want to drive to the remote wilderness to, you know, help us. And it's almost as, and I told him, I said, you have to start telling your th yourself this so that you can get to a place of acceptance and know that if it happens today, that's wonderful. But if it doesn't, I'm going to be flexible. And he was not there, but I kept reminding him. And I kid you not, it's so awesome. Last week, we the trailer that was bringing our countertops jackknifed on the mountain and caused a whole pileup. So obviously our counters didn't make it to us. And whenever he told me this, I thought his head was going to explode. And then he just took a breath and he was like, I think they're going to come next week, next Wednesday. So we'll just make it work. And I'm like, wow, that is mindfulness practice. That is the ability to get from things aren't going my way and this is a big chink in my plan, but I'm going to be okay and I'm going to kind of roll with it. I'm, I'm, it's a, you're allowed to be disappointed. We were both disappointed. I don't want to keep cutting in a drawer, but I'm, I'm in a place of acceptance and he is now too. And it was so really awesome to watch that through that our stressful time has now come to what I feel easier because we're both on the same page and we both can manage it the same and we can manage the ups and downs of the construction the same. So while it is stressful, I feel like I have this partner that finally gets it and it's like, we'll laugh about it and we'll be like, you know, and the kids are funny about it and they're starting to, at first they were like kind of frazzled by all of the mess and, you know, because we have everything out of our cabinets on our countertops. And then off of our countertops onto like the floor and the table. And, you know, we're using TV trays and their life is obscure, but they're doing the same thing. They're starting to kind of laugh of it and roll with it and be okay. And so while I hated all of this, it's been super good for my family. It's been really good for my family. Yeah, we definitely grow through things that are really hard. No question. Um, I think one of the biggest, most impactful practices for, for me and my family at home has been to not let their mood when something's not going right, affect my mood or say they're just in a bad mood for no reason, or it's something that has nothing to do with me. Um, like the countertops, right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which does have to do with you, but you know what I mean? So one of the biggest practices, and my husband had to point it out to me, he was like, just because I'm in a bad mood doesn't mean you need to now be in a bad mood. And we know through limbic resonance that moods are contagious, literally contagious, like our nervous systems talk to each other and, and one person can bring down a whole group, you know, but he pointed it out to me. He's like, you always get in such a bad mood when I'm in a bad mood. And the friction just grows that way. And so part of my major practice at home has been now that I have uh, an almost teenager and a very much teenager. And then, and then my husband, who's usually pretty steady, but he's human. A major practice has been not letting their moods affect my mood. And I can't even tell you how much freedom I found personally through, through my practice and through staying steady, even when somebody's in a bad place. I, you know, like if I'm tired, it's the end of the day, somebody's cranky, then I'm cranky and then everybody's cranky. Um, And it's so great to recognize that I was doing that because I knew, but I didn't want to see it. And then he pointed it out and then be able to do something about it. I'm like, you want to have your mood? I'm just going to be over here doing my own thing, or I can meet him there and help him you know, instead of being a jerk because he's in a bad mood. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm, I'm going to start working on that a little more now that you pointed it out. I think that I am pretty good about outwardly looking like I'm doing my own thing, but inside I'm going for them. And I hate that they feel this way. I wish I could fix it. How can I fix it? Don't fix it. (laughs) You know, and those are the things. So it's a really, that is, you're right. A really good mindful practice to not take on everybody else's moods because I hear you about one person in a bad mood, man. And we always say that I'm always like, what's up with the vibe? The, The vibe in the car right now feels really strange. Who's ticked off in here? (laughs) and usually it's, you know, their kids, something happened that I didn't even know about or whatever. And then we usually talk through it and it's fine. So you're right. I like that about focusing on that. I need to do that. Yeah. It's either like, you know, when you're in a house with somebody and you live with people or you work with people, you know, sometimes you just have to know, like, does this person just need space and just give them space. And like, release it from your own mind and let them have their process. And you go on and use your energy for something else. You know what I mean? And then sometimes um, you could just be there, right? Presence is a really strong form of love, just being there, not having to fix it, but just being a steady force and helping them maybe get distracted with something more interesting or soothing. Um, But yeah, just not not trying to fix and then not letting that person pull you down. I, those two things, because then you can just be there and yeah. be present. And so often that's all that's needed is just presence and attention. You know, the space thing was, I hear that because I feel like sometimes like we'll go somewhere like to a restaurant or something. And then we're all four together and maybe dinner doesn't go well. I'm like, okay, everybody, let's go home and disperse. Everybody go do your own thing for a little while. Get away from everybody. I have to focus on that myself. Um, Sometimes, you know, I come in and there's like 30 things to do. And I instantly feel like agitated. Like, why am I the only one saw that this all needed to be done? But they also have things that are going on. So a lot of my mindful practice with the stressful times that we've been going through is, it sounds really simple, but 
just stopping at the door and physically taking a few deep breaths um, and getting ready for the transition from, you know, work and whatever I was doing before I got there. Because once you open the door, those people are different people and you love them and they're wonderful, but it can also be a lot. And you can also walk into a situation you didn't know was going to exist. So I just feel like I have to get a good, like, I have to get really grounded and be like ready for whatever and take some breaths so that when I see that big pile of whatever that needs to be put away, I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to get my clothes off and get changed and then I'll start my whatever I need to do. And it helps me a lot. So if you have like loved ones that are, you know, a lot at home right now, it sit in your car before you go in, you know, take some breaths or just do it at the door. But I think getting yourself into a good place before you walk into what could be stressful um, with your family is always really helpful. There's also that sense of like martyrdom, you know, like sometimes the house, like everything's fine. And then all of a sudden I realize the house is a mess and it really gets under my skin. And then I'm like, why is no one picking anything up? Why am I the only one? And then they're all having their own experience at home and doing stuff. And then all of a sudden it's all about making me comfortable and meeting my need for organization and cleanliness. I'm I'm ducking my head in shame because (laughs) this is me. And you're so right. And it's so selfish. So selfish. um, Because you're right. It is the clutter bothers me. It's obviously not bothering anybody else. So, and, and then whenever I start to pick up or do something, he'll be like, Oh, you know, sit down. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I have to clean this up. Like I, for me, I'm not doing it. I don't feel guilty. This is just me cleaning it up for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah, I'm the same way I get, I'm I'm all of a sudden everybody's emergency. Clean up. (laughs) And they're like, what just happened? Whoa. I know. I know. I, and I grew up in a, a home where like cleaning up was like a thing and I was always so resentful about it. So then when I went to college, it was like super messy, but then I finally like leveled out. Now I'm a grown mm-hmm. up. <laughs> um, One thing that I, works with that, like if I'm feeling that like desire to get really mad at everybody for the mess and, and become the martyr of like, no one does anything around here. I do everything. And I'm like <laughs> getting all dramatic. I'll notice that and just kind of cool off for a second. And then when I'm feeling more steady, I'm like, okay, before we go out today or, you know, whatever the time frame is, I'll say, can we all four of us spend 10 minutes cleaning up? And then everyone seems to do it. And I don't say right the second, I'm not like put down what you're doing and serve me please. And my need for cleanliness, yeah. but I'll say at two o'clock, can we all spend 10 minutes or before we go out to this dinner, can we all spend five minutes putting our stuff away? And that seems to work better than my dramatic um, show of <laughs> no one does anything around here, blah, blah, blah. So that's going to be my practice today. I'm really excited. That's good homework because I, I really, and I would bet there's tons of people that run homes that feel the same way we do. And it is really easy to do the martyr thing, which everybody does help around my house. It's just the things that I see, they don't see, you know, it's just different. Um, But I definitely need to recognize that because that's the, you're, that's the start of the mindfulness practice. And eventually it will kick in is recognizing, holy cow, I'm making this an emergency. It's not an emergency. It's my emergency. They're fine. We're all fine. (laughs) What's really funny is that I wonder if we really started to sit with it, what that is inside of us that gives us that need 
for things to be organized or perfect or like there's something there for, for those of us who do that under yeah. the surface, there's like a discomfort. And then we think the tidy house is going to fix that discomfort. Yeah. I'm wondering what that's about. Maybe we'll never know, but maybe we'll know now that we are thinking know, about clean, it. Clean for some reason inside of me just feels good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just feels clean and order feels physically good. Um, I had a legit grandma who was a hoarder. And so when I see a lot of stuff, I just am all like alarmed. Well, that's what it is. It triggers that for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Well, and thankfully my husband knows this. We had, we're known for our Halloween decorations and our Halloween decorations were out of control this year because we moved to a smaller house. So we had all this stuff from a bigger house to a smaller house and it just looked insane. It was awesome. Everybody loved it. But for a month I had to walk all around that and it just, I told him, I was like, oh my God, I think we're hoarders. Are we hoarders? So funny. He's like, we're not hoarders. It's up for a month. And he took it down yesterday and it's just all clean. And um, I want everybody to walk by and be like, see, I'm not a hoarder. <laughs> but it's only bothers me. It doesn't. And, yeah. and that's, you're right. It's usually comes from a trigger. And what great practice to be able to sit just for a second and think about why something bothers you. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're listening today and there's something about your home or your loved ones are doing that in this stressful time that are really bothering you. I would challenge you to kind of do what she just said and reflect on yourself. And why does that bother me? And there may be a legit reason like mine. My grandmother was a hoarder and I don't want to be that way. Um, And she was a wonderful woman. So not (laughs) discounting that she's a wonderful woman, but she liked to keep her newspapers. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so I, I think that's just a really good practice sitting with yourself. And why is that triggering me? Well, I really good practices. I know so many, I'm excited to recognize, like you said, when something's bothering me, um, because I think it's a really good practice to start. So I hope everyone today got a good nugget out of there. Um, and we really appreciate you guys. We appreciate the support and listening and sharing, and we will see you guys all next week. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.